grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Matthew 22. Here again the part that reads, If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did they dare ask him any questions. You may be seated. So on this 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, Reformation Sunday and Confirmation all collide again for this one reason, for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, David's Son and David's Lord. In fact, every Sunday and every aspect of our life, whether we believe it or know it or not, is all about Jesus. That doesn't seem to hold true in the world in which we live today. There are taxes and then there's stewardship. There is our life today and then eternal life. There is the taking care of yourself and taking care of others. And if somebody thinks about it, also what it means to love God. As we look at life, our daily life collides with our spiritual life. I don't have good news for the six confirmands that are going to be standing up here at the 1045 service because the statistics are not very good. One in six, one in ten. But you know what? It really doesn't make a difference about statistics, does it? Because when it affects you, it's 100%, isn't it? Yes, indeed. However, I can tell you what is important. What is important is keeping the main thing the main thing, to keep things first that are first. And that's why we are here today, to keep our Lord Jesus number one. For everything else revolves around Him. It's all about Jesus. And it is for this reason that the world fights, because everything else fights to be first but in the end we all have to answer who is the Christ in Matthew 22 we find this is the third time that Jesus is tested last Sunday we heard about paying taxes to Caesar or to our government right this Sunday it's about the greatest commandment and between these two pieces, it is about the resurrection. Those three topics are good discussion when they are asked in faith and answered by the Scriptures. Then we hear, after these three topics, or I should say, after the second topic, there was one of them, a lawyer, who asked him a question to test him. Now you should have a flashback, a flashback to Matthew chapter 4, because there the devil went to test him. They are the temptations of Jesus. You run them backwards, it is the third one that is about government. The second one is about the temple and worship. And the first is providing for yourself. 
what is the greatest commandment? Love. The resurrection and government. But you want to take note in chapter 4, it's not a human being, is it? It's the devil testing him. Matthew 22, it's human beings that are testing Jesus. In other words, it's what's around us that has spiritual significance and influences us. Because you know what? The devil is not going to show up in a red suit and a pitchfork with horns on his head. Is he? He's going to show up in the words of ordinary people who influence us. These six young adults have been instructed in the Christian faith. They have been under the instruction, hopefully, of their parents and of this congregation. And they'll be invited to make the good confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and their Savior. Not because their parents told them, not because the pastor told them, but because they believe that this is what the Scriptures teach and that Jesus is the center of those Scriptures. And then what? On Monday morning, they'll go back to school. They'll continue and hopefully graduate and enter the workforce just like you. And there are going to be all kinds of influences Again, the devil is not going to dress up in a red suit with a pitchfork. He's going to use people. There's going to be questions about government and taxes. There's going to be the losses of loved ones and questions about death. There are going to be questions about work and what it means to love and how it fits in. And you know what? It's so easy to get wrapped up in life, isn't it? There are so many things to distract us. I mean, we could be on the lake this morning. No. <laughs> the ice isn't thick enough, and it's not warm enough. It's good to be here, isn't it? But there are struggles, aren't there, in our lives? Wondering what's our purpose? And some of us have had a really hard time. But for one thing that does not change, no matter how young you are or how old you are, it is what do you think about Christ? What do you think about Jesus? Jesus had a puzzle for the religious leaders of that day. They're Pharisees. That's lay people who really took their Bible seriously. They're not like the Sadducees who just took a piece of the Bible and ignored the rest. It even denied the resurrection. No, these are the best church people you could find at the time of Jesus. They knew their Bible. And we've met some people like that, haven't we? But just because you know the Bible doesn't mean that they're right. 
In fact, Jesus answers all three of them, all three times, the biblical questions with the Bible itself, just as he did with the devil in Matthew chapter 4. And again, the first time it's about taxes, and they marvel. The second time, Jesus answers about the resurrection, and the crowds are astonished. And then in our reading today about the greatest commandment, no one was able to answer him a word. But did you know what was missing in all three of those responses? There's nothing about Jesus, is there? Jesus has to bring up the question. A belief in Jesus. We go back to the first of these three temptations or testings of Jesus in Matthew 22. It reads, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his words. That sounds like the devil, doesn't it? Same purpose. You see, they start out right away against Jesus. And so it is that the world, the devil, and even our sinful flesh always attempt to divide and to separate us from Jesus. Oh, there are some really tough things in the Scriptures, but Jesus wants us to think about them in the context of faith. So what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? When Jesus asks, he uses, again, Scripture. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he David's son? Just think about that, that puzzle. If you don't have Jesus, what do you have? A riddle that's difficult. Even if you go back to the Hebrew text, it even makes it tougher. Because there it's even clearer. The Lord, Yahweh, and that's God's personal name, said to my Lord Adonai, which means my Lord as in king, or the person who's over me. So David's son is over David. How do you answer that? David's son is not even born yet. But we know the answer's in Jesus. And we'll confess that in the creed, won't we? I believe Jesus Christ, my only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, God, born of the Virgin Mary, human being, both descended of David and David's God and Lord. For many, the Scriptures remain difficult, but we believe that the Scriptures are God's Word. And we are like children. We don't understand everything but we do understand they tell us about Jesus. Because even Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 39, you study the scriptures and think that by them you have eternal life, but these are the scriptures that testify about me. It's more than morals. It's more than stories all strung together by different people throughout the ages. It focuses and tells us about Jesus, the Son of God who was to come and the Son of God who has come and is coming again. But any time you get the Scriptures disconnected from Jesus, things will start to go wrong. Without Jesus, 
People have turned the Bible into a moral book for clean living. Well, is that one of the purposes? Yeah, we would like to have a good life, but it doesn't save us, and it certainly won't save the earth. Scriptures teach about love is the greatest commandment. But if you simply love God and not our neighbor, we're not filling God's commands. If we love our neighbor, what does that love look like? My wife loves pizza. Some of us love baseball. Some of us like ice cream, love ice cream. Oh, interesting. Some of us love our kids so much we would never tell them no. But that's not what biblical love is all about. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And the Ten Commandments. And what did Jesus do? But sacrificed himself for us. That's the love of God that he has for us. He died for the times that we have failed to love others. He died for the times that we put other things first and failed to love God above all things. He died because of our inabilities and our brokenness. And he who knew no sin became sin for us that we, that we, would become the righteousness of God. That we would be God for others, serving. That we would become Jesus in the world around us, serving with God's love, with God's definition of love. For it says in Leviticus, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. In other words, God set you apart from the rest of the world to be a light, to be a shining beacon to the world's darkness that they would know the light of God. You speak Jesus. You love Jesus. You love others like Jesus. Perfectly? No. But in grace and mercy and forgiveness. So when you come to this altar, you will receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That Jesus died. That he gave himself up for you and to you. So that just as he has risen from the dead, you too may live a new life. And so it is on this 22nd Sunday after Pentecost for Reformation and for Confirmation. All this collides for one reason, for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, David's Son and David's Lord, for every Sunday, every day, every aspect of our lives is all about Jesus. What do you think about the Christ? He is the Jesus of the Bible, my Savior and yours. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.